you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Brendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to on today's episode. We're talking about AEW Dynamite 200, the return of tunnels. Also, more matches being set up for AEW All In, specifically the main event, which we now know to be MJF versus Adam Cole. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, before that, Larson, I, I don't have the notes up. Is there any news out there? There is. There is. There is. So to recap briefly, news broke yesterday via Sports Illustrated that the elite will be remaining in AEW after signing new multi-year deals. But question is, how close were they to joining WWE <laughs> during the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio? Dave Meltzer stated in these transcripts come to you from Russell Talk. Quote, the four guys have made a pact that they were going to stick together whether it be in WB or AEW. They basically had made an agreement that it was going to be majority rules. It had gone back and forth, but essentially whatever it was, three of the four or four of the four made the deal. But they all had agreed that they were going to go together as a group, either WB or stay as a group, so it was not going to be a split up. Views changed. People think that it was like they were never going to go to WB or anything like that. There were discussions. There were votes to change. There were things that happened since this pact was made, and I think this pact was made some time back, uh, but they are going to be an AEW. It's a multi-year deal, I think, for, I don't have it confirmed, and it's supposed to be a secret, whatever the number is. 
I don't know as far as the length of the stay. Obviously, the numbers financially were very high because if they weren't very high, they wouldn't have signed at this point because they had until the end of the year to negotiate. Obviously, AEW and Tony wanted them to sign now, make it worth their while to financially to sign now, which the point of that this is, he did the same with Roosh, is that he is not shying away from spending money whatsoever. It's not like there's thoughts of cutting back or anything like that. Tony Khan obviously has no problem spending money because I'm sure he had to pay right, a decent check to get Pantera for RVD's AEW debut last night on Dynamite. Do you think it was more expensive? It wasn't more expensive than Elton John, though. No. I don't know. Do you no, think Pantera no. would be I'm sure, that I'm sure much? Elton John was pricey. Do you think Pantera is really that much? Think it's over $10,000? Yeah. No. Yeah. For like two uses of it, RVD ain't sticking around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's more than 10000 more than a hundred thousand. No, not a chance. No, probably not. <laughs> probably. Not. Um, so let's talk about the elite man. About four years, according to Dave Meltzer, is what he's thinking. Is what roughly, he's thinking. Roughly. Yeah. So there's a good chance it's probably Kenny Omega's last full time contract because he's what thirty nine already. Yeah, he's getting up there. Um, I don't know what, or at least, uh, yeah, probably. It'd be great to see him in WWE, but four years is a long time, and the way he wrestles. Exactly. Ee. He's already talking about how it's taking a toll on him. You know, I do. Yeah, I don't know what would come first, four years or him retiring, just because his body might just not want to do know. this anymore. I know. Uh, he's 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 just human. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's interesting stuff. How much of it do you think was uh, to spite CM Punk? Oh, to stay. <laughs> you know, I'm sure as, as mentioned here, money was good, schedule's great, got to work once yeah. a week, yeah, to make really good money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure what Kenny said in in the in the SI uh, write up about the, them signing new deals about wanting to wrestle at the highest level, various uh, people who wrestle various styles. I'm sure that's part of it. I think Hangman talked about uh, influencing the future. They they would have a better opportunity to do that in AEW as opposed to WWE. I believe all of those ha- have a, a, a role in this decision. Right, a small role, but the main thing is to make sure CM Punk Phil. doesn't yeah, kick totally. him out. That, yeah, obviously, I'm yeah. just I'm so joking right now, um, you know. But I did appreciate Kenny saying, "Heck, even Collision." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because uh, 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 was it Fightful Select? I think after news broke of the Elite resigning, had a report which said we could be getting FTR Young Bucks three. It could happen as soon as All In. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, FTR was publicly, you know, saying this is the match we have to do, you know, yeah. and in terms of the elite versus FTR and CM Punk. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of people would love, absolutely love to see that. Yeah. Um, I think it might be a little ways off from the last we heard, legally speaking, one of the sides or whatever doesn't want to, you know, can't talk to the other. However, that works out. I don't know. But uh, I do appreciate that there was a little like, hey. Little, you know, little seed of controversy there with the idea of the elite. But I mean, dude, honestly, you mentioned this yesterday when we talked about, um, or maybe it was on Monday uh, when you talked about uh, CM Punk title unification. Justin, if they do go through yep. with that and yep. they put the, the, you know, they unify both titles, put it on Punk. And they'll just have to manage the schedules, I guess. If he's mm-hmm. going to be on Dynamite, the Elite would show up on Collision. It'll be less of a brand split. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this works out over the next one to six months. I have no idea what the time yeah. frame is going to look like. I don't either. I don't either. You know, and, and, and by all accounts, Kenny 
post brawl out, you know, reportedly had to sit down with with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, at least in terms of Kenny Omega, it feels like there there might not be necessarily the amount of ill will if there's any between mm-hmm. him and, and CM Punk as opposed to other parties yeah. of the brawl. Don't know. Yeah, speculation yeah, right. just based right. on the fact that Kenny sat down with CM Punk right after it happened and, and discussed something. Um, and this isn't the first time I think he's alluded to. So he said, I think he did another promo. It was after Blend Guts, but it went off the air. He made some reference ah. to, you never know who he might work with. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, boy, you know, it'd be it, a shame if, if, if Kenny and CM Punk never got in the ring together. I know. You know, know. that would be a real shame. It would be. It would be. Um, so, you, yeah. we, you never know what's going to happen. It, it seems like the odds of any sort of elite CM Punk program are, are nil at this juncture, but mm-hmm. stranger things have happened in the wrestling business. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think it. I don't think it's silly to think that that would happen at some point. Um, I think who really benefits from this? I'll be honest with. You, I think I think Hangman Adam Page. It's probably a really smart move for him to stick around for this next four years. He's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. I, I think that in terms of stories, there's plenty more that he can do in AEW, mm-hmm. and I don't know that like his general thing would work wonderfully right now as he is in WWE. I think maybe four years from now, if AEW treats him really well, he might go over there. Like, I think if MJF went there now, he'd get the Cody treatment. I mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. He has mm-hmm. put himself in such a great position. Yeah, Hangman's been champion. A lot of people gripe about, you know, how he was treated as champion. And now he's sort of doing just sort of, hey, I'm with the elite, you know, whatever. Um. But uh, I think maybe in, in four years, that could be a much bigger deal for him if he were to go to WWE. I think it's a really good move for him. Um, and, I mean, you know, for the others as well. They, you know, the Young Bucks made a whole career of, of proving that you can have a very lucrative career in pro wrestling away from the WWE mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're business savvy enough. And that included starting AEW. And so, yep. you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to be able to, for the most part, be able to to write your own way there definitely definitely uh let's talk dynamite so the the kind of the centerpiece because it basically happened right in the middle of the show of last night's episode of dynamite was mjf comes to the ring uh and, and, and talks about being vulnerable and being open and how he was scared to do that and why he was scared to do that and and credited the AEW fans and and, and most importantly adam cole for teaching him how to be vulnerable and open up. And as he puts it, he's like, I had to be a scumbag because I thought that's what you needed to, to get by in this world. But cause and I did that because I was scared, but I'm not scared anymore. He says, don't get me wrong. I'm still a scumbag, but I'm your, I want to be your scumbag now yeah. to the fans. Yeah. And so Adam Cole comes out uh, and MJF says, you know, I've been thinking about it. The promise I made to you about AEW title match, I decided you didn't deserve it. So everybody starts booing. He goes, mm. you did, I should say, you don't deserve just a made a, a title match. You deserve the title match. Yeah. And so he says, to Adam Cole, you and me for the title, main event, all in. Mm-hmm. He has a contract right there in the folio. Adam Cole signs it. And then uh, Adam Cole says, I love you, Max. And MJF says, I love you too. And they hug. And when they hug, Adam Cole, and someone on Twitter put this up. He did the same thing to Roderick Strong, you know, which preceded a turn on him. One hand, Hugs the other one like a fist, pounding him in the back, almost like he's stabbing him in the back. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, so the question is, you got MJF with a history of turning on people. 
Mm-hmm. You got Adam Cole, mm-hmm. who I know he since his return from his concussion has been a babyface, but as he said last night himself, he used to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Odds are who turns on who and does it happen as soon as all in. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I think Adam Cole should win at all in with the dynamite diamond ring. Maybe a low blow. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was thinking the same. I was thinking it when I didn't even see the the, the stabby thing until like this morning, maybe last night. And uh, and as Max was just opening up and being as vulnerable, yeah, it was fantastic. I thought MJF's promo was fantastic. It was awesome. It was great. It, it was really great. And Adam Cole uh, coming out and the look of. Honestly, like it wasn't even a smile of gratitude on his face. I read that smile on his face like this guy bought it hook, line and sinker. I've got him exactly where I want him. And and uh, and yeah, and, and, you know, I've seen I've seen, you know, people online saying, oh, Roderick Strong is going to cost him the match. I don't know, man. Adam Cole telling Roderick Strong over and over and over again. You know, trust me, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they would be in alliance with each other or not. I have no idea how that's going to play out. But if they don't have Adam Cole turn on MJF, which would be the most heartbreaking possible really would be. scenario, it really would be. Um, and Adam Cole winning that AEW championship in front of eighty thousand people, uh, th- th- because that's look, you you got Adam Cole from WWE. You know what he is. And mm-hmm. right now, he's in his, you might have called 2019 his prime, but like right now, you have him. You don't do it a year from now. You don't do it two years from now. Adam Cole needs to be champion soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can even go further than that. As great as MJF versus Punk in the in their promo battles were, you know, a year ago, whenever it was, that was really, really good stuff. It was good. We haven't gotten Cole versus Punk. Mm-mm. 
I would love that if they if they do that for like un- title unification, and then Cole beats them because that should happen. Yeah. Um, and Cole's the face of your company. I think that's exactly what you need to do. Uh, and I really hope that that's sort of the route they go because I don't want this to be like, oh, MJF's a good guy now, and he, you know, he gets betrayed by Adam Cole, and he's still able to overcome. Mm-hmm. I want man, they got to do that title change at Wembley, man. That's got to be a big, big deal, you know? Yeah, it seems it seems like that's that's probably gonna be the case. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed the possibility of Adam Cole being the one that turns on MJF for several weeks now. Mm-hmm. And and based on MJF's promo and Adam Cole's reaction to it, even before mm-hmm. seeing the the backstabbing thing when he hugged them, yeah. um, it seems pretty clear they're setting things up with the expectation that Adam Cole is going to turn on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah, they yeah. could do something like they did uh, after their tag match, where on a much smaller scale, obviously, where the expectation was, oh, MJF, he lost. This is when normally he would turn on somebody. Mm, yeah. And he would blast Adam Cole in the back. And didn't do it. Yeah. Now this could be another situation where they're setting everybody up for a turn at Wembley, and for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I mean, if 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 the idea is to make Adam Cole the champion, yeah, you do it now while this thing is starting to crescendo. Yeah, big time. And at all in, if they do they do the turn right, or whether Adam Cole uses dynamite diamond ring, low blow, mm-hmm. and even just roll roll up with a with a handful of tights. He's, I think he he's going to be beat violent and nasty. <laughs> it's, well, he's got to be bad. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, he's got to cheat. He's yeah. got to cheat. I think more than being violent and nasty, he has to cheat. And not even necessarily that he has to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he came He came damn close. Like, he could beat MJF clean. I, sh- I should say, I'm not saying he has to cheat to beat MJF. I'm saying he has to cheat for the story they're telling. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to cheat for the story because he's playing him. You know, and what better way to play him than to be like, you're not you're not my friend. I just completely played you. So I'm not even going to wrestle you in a, in a straight up match. I'm going to beat you at your own game because I know what you do. Like yeah. you do that. That's your yeah. thing. The dynamite diamond ring and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what uh, that's what MJF said is they used to study tape of Adam Cole. Right. How many yeah. of his tricks did he learn from Adam Cole? Mm-hmm. Uh, Masonic Temple has a point here. And even people in the crowd at the time were saying this. P- uh, Masonic Temple says people keep pointing out Cole didn't read the contract. And they're predicting the contract is for a non-title match. No, because the graphic says it's for a title. Yes, yeah, for the title. Yeah, like they have it. They have a title graphic up there. It says yeah. it's for the title. Um, they're not. And the people in the that. crowd are yelling at M. Cole. Read it. You should read it. That's good. That's good advice. It and is. I, you should always read a contract may, before you sign it. There probably should have been like a moment where he just sort of scanned it really quick because he just just signed it blind. But like. No, I think I think you know that's sort of looking. You look for you 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 look for the small details like that in pro wrestling. I get it, yeah. but um, the idea. I think the general story idea is MJF is vulnerable. He 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 under like you know all the stuff we talked about. You know uh, rejection issues is real, mm-hmm. and so he is given his trust over to Adam Cole. You know, and he's being genuine with Adam Cole. Yeah, Cole's gonna fuck him over. It's gonna be amazing. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, really good stuff. Elsewhere on Dynamite in the main event, Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm for the AEW's Women's Championship. Uh, Shida, which is awesome, got the win. Uh, second time as AEW Women's Champion. Uh, the only uh, quibble I have about this is that it'd be nice if there was a story leading to this win. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. it's it, dude. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's exactly it. Like I don't, I don't. It's like it's great. It's awesome. The match it is, is really awesome. good. It they, was really and, good. And, and she is in a great position. You know, they 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 had her kick out of. Uh, you know, she got the the Storm spray Zero. paint in the face. She got the Storm Zero too. But it's like, oh, we don't treat our women's division good here. It's the main event, and it's a title change, and and she now gets to be champion in front of people. But it's like, dude. Get this, can we get a story in advance of this? Like, mm-hmm. and I don't want I don't want to be like, oh, it's not enough. But it's like, can we get a story here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was. Well, I mean, it just it, it just felt like let's just do this for. And I'm not trying to crap on. I'm really not. Yeah. But it's like it did feel like, oh, we're gonna do a shock title change, uh, and 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 so here it is. Yeah, I mean, wrestling is a uh, a storytelling medium that should be. Like that should be kind of the mandatory aspect of it is there's right, a story yeah. being told leading. And yeah. I, 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 you know, people might point out, well, the whole homegrown versus outcast thing. Sheeta hasn't been on TV in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- that aspect of the story. I know it, there is that bit where, uh, uh, Soraya picked Tony storm to be her partner rather than Sheeta or vice versa, whatever it is. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's a spider in the house. Oh, um, right. yeah. that's what it is. Um, uh, so I get that, but revisit that before you have this match. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, go into that some more. There's more story to be told there mm-hmm, rather yeah. than just, this is a thing where they can reference things that happened in the past that would lead to this match. But referencing things isn't necessarily the same as advancing a story. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it'd be cool if, you know, even just two or three weeks ago, they set up story, advanced story over three weeks and it pays off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. It'd be cool. I know. No, I, I agree, man. I, I think, you know, it's again in a vacuum. The match was really good. Um, I thought that it, it built really well. And mm-hmm. uh, and she to get in that win. Obviously, I'm, I'm never going to complain about that. Um, but don't think that this is like going to be the end of the complaints about the women's division. No. You know, if no, if, not, if nothing else sort of highlights what a great moment that could have really been like something that people really cared about. Yeah. Uh, if if you did actually build it with a lot more stuff, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but no, I mean heading into, and I don't know. Maybe they're going to have you know. It, I'm I am assuming, uh, given that a lot of Tony Storms uh, pre AEW pre NXT WWE career uh, was in England. She's I believe Australian or she New yeah. Zealand. I think she's Australian. Australian. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of her career was there in England, so she you know it, it could be considered a home territory for her. Yeah. Um, you know, I think she's probably going to be, you know, going after the title there, unless they do Soraya, who obviously also is from there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I thought it was cool. I just thought that, man, you know, it could have been cooler if they were the if, if yeah. they had actually developed and advanced the story preceding the match itself. Mm-hmm, yeah. In a yeah. way that would make the title win all the more impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, let's talk about this, Rob Van Dam. Made his AEW debut confronting what Jack do you Perry. Say? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and then challenges him to an FTW title match that's going to happen next week. Tony Khan opened up the checkbook, wrote a check to Pantera, get a walk. Haven't heard that since Rob Van Dam's ECW days. I'm um, thinking twenty five thousand. That's my guess. Can't believe it'd be more than that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know what the going rate for licensing music is these days 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know, like, a, what, eight years ago, seven years ago, whenever the Mad Men's last season was, it was 250000 for a Beatles tune. Yeah. You know, Pantera's not going to be that level. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, uh, again, you know, and somebody pointed out, they showed, a, you know, like a Twitter a clip on Twitter of RVD a year ago. Yeah. With a really good sequence in wrestling. I hope it's going to be a good match, but again, you will, especially some of these old ECW guys out. They don't, they're the, you know, it looked like his back might be in, in, in a certain yeah. shape. Yeah. Not, not a good one, not like a healthy one. No. Um, but, you know, I like RV. Again, it's like, man, it's cool moment. I don't yeah. want to crap on it, but it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I do. It's the nostalgia thing, and, and, and I'm not. I'm not like a huge, hugely sentimental guy. Right. Yeah. Like nostalgia doesn't usually pop me v- very often. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not like a Pantera guy at all. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But when when that clip came up on Twitter, mm-hmm. I did watch it like three times. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I was like, man, that's good. Because it's not just, it's bring back memories of, of like us watching ECW. Yeah. At that apartment yeah. of ours when we first yeah. moved oh, down yeah. to Southern California. You know, yeah. those are the memories it brings up. It's not necessarily RVD doing crazy stuff. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's the memories of, of, of you and me and Jeff watching ECW together. That's what it brings up. And that's the nostalgia mm-hmm. that, that it brings up in me, not anything necessarily directly wrestling related. RVD was absolutely – he might be on my Mount Rushmore. I, I, just, I so distinctly remember – us coming back from something it was late at night and we turned on i think it's like kcal nine or something like that in, mm-hmm. in la and ecw was on and we had all heard about it we'd never yep. seen it before nope. and it was everything and i remember the first time it was when he was teaming with sabu mm-hmm. and i remember the first time watching him wrestle and just like it was honestly i haven't felt that way again until i saw kenny omega wrestle yep. I was like oh my yep. god like this is crazy, and, and watching what he would do, how he would so, you know, when everybody else would uh, get up to the top turnbuckle, they'd get up there, they climb to the top turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just flew up there. Yeah. He just it was like the, he had like I've never seen somebody who seemed like he had little trampolines in his feet. You know it's what like I mean? He had, he had flubber shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He moved like flubber. Yeah. Um. And it, it was absolutely the craziest thing. I, I enjoyed when him and, and I wish he would have brought Katie Forbes with him. I like when uh, he brought he had Katie Forbes and Impact. I thought they were really fun, yeah. you know, entertaining group. And that's not even, you know, considering his wrestling. Yeah. Um, I love RVD. Don't get me wrong. I do. Yeah. Um, you can't go to the nostalgia well too often. We would criticize, hey, if you want to bring the same energy, did the same exact thing. With oh, RVD. yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the nostalgia they, for me yeah. is more. The, the the our our experience watching that together not so mm-hmm. much oh, popping yeah. for RVD. I remember the first time RVD rolls in the ring to break the ten count and doing this Rob Van Dam thing and rolling oh, back out. Oh, it was out. great. Yeah, hilarious, hilarious. Oh, anyway, it was hilarious. Yeah, he was. That's great. the nostalgia it brings up for me. Anyways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like the story they may be endeavoring to tell here is FTW of course was an ECW title. Sure. Yeah. You know, and 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 you have uh, uh, Jerry Lynn more or less sticking up for Taz. Mm-hmm. Because Taz is is crestfallen that Jack Perry has this title, not his son, not someone mm-hmm, he's affiliated yeah. with either. Yeah, and 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 Jack Perry's going out there and disparaging ECW. Mm-hmm. So you got Jerry Lynn defending not just ECW's honor, but in a way Taz's. 
Yeah. But then since Jerry Lynn can't wrestle, Jerry Lynn has to call Rob Van Dam to defend his honor, who's defending ECW's honor, while also defending Taz's honor. Yeah, right, 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 right. It's a lot. <laughs> it is it, it is a lot. Like, in terms of storyline, it's like, I don't know why they're doing this. But, um, I mean, what you just said makes total sense, but it's so silly. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Because I was thinking, like, other people, like, I never wanted to see, I don't want to see really Tommy Dreamer. I got enough of him at Impact. Yeah. One name that I would be, like, kind of okay with was Bully Ray. Because Bully Ray still is in really good really shape. Is. Did you hear him say that he, if, if he was on the show, uh, AEW get a million viewers a week? Oh, I believe it. <laughs> that's, hey, that's the same look I gave when I read that thing in the first place. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, Impact's getting, what, 200,000? Not, uh, that's, that's not a slight impact. I love Impact. I don't think Bully Ray could bring their ratings. I don't think he's a, enough of a drop. But, dude, I'm no. telling you, I have watched that clip of Tito Ortiz showing up in Impact in TNA so many times over the yeah. because it's like it's like one of those. And if you if you guys are on Twitter at MF Steve here because I've tweeted I've, I've retweeted it out, and it's when Tito Ortiz showed up because somebody tweeted it out and said if you know you think LA Knight gets a pop, check this yeah. one out. Yeah, and like it's dead. But the crazy thing is, there's so many people involved in this angle. It's it was like the the August first. I think Deadlock did a thing on it. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the August, August first surprise, whatever. It is. The yeah. August first surprise, and it's Tito Ortiz, and like the crowd has like, which even I knew who Tito was at the time, but yeah. like the crowd basically has no idea who he is. Yeah. But everybody's reacting to him. But it reminded me of one of those film editing uh, uh, projects. Yeah. Where it's like you show a thing, and then you show a bunch of reactions, and your reaction mirrors that. Yeah. And like Mr. Kennedy has like five different separate reactions that are all underwhelming. It's the weirdest clip I've ever seen, but anyway, it is. It, it is. It's, it's, it's the closest you'll get to an anti-pop there is because it seems like yeah. whatever sound was in the room, it it it, it gets right, sucked yeah. up into the ether. It's like a it's like a, a vacuum, and like his entrance music is so like it's like so weird. Yeah, it's almost like it's got sort of like a Twilight Zone vibe to it, but with like yeah. a beat. It's strange. <laughs> it's a really strange moment. Yeah. Yeah, that that, so that might be to you what 100 Jeff Jarrett's is to me in terms of I think it is impact. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Because I, I, I've watched this thing so many times and it's so bizarre, like especially Mr. Kennedy's reactions there. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. so he's like, I know Sting Sting was like, <sighs> yeah, he was actually selling it. Mr. Kennedy was like, Joe was trying they, to sell it. Joe, they were trying to sell it. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, before we get on with the actual uh, recap, wanted to bring this up. Huh. The latest predictions challenge. Yes. It's going up oh. very shortly. Yeah, after I'm done with after we're done with the show, I'll get the SummerSlam one up. I meant to do it this morning. It's gonna go up. The deadline, of course, is uh Saturday. Saturday at four o'clock. Okay, four o'clock Pacific. PM Pacific, that'd be seven Eastern. Right, exactly. Uh so if you're a YouTube channel member, all you gotta do is click join, it's five dollars. Or a patron at patreon.com slash Stephen Larson, $5 a month there. You can join in on the huge SummerSlam predictions challenge. Of course, we're in the middle of our G1 predictions challenge. It's too late to get in on that. But if you want in on the latest predictions challenge for SummerSlam, Big Blue will be on the line. Brandon McClendon is putting his title on the line. What's up? Are you laughing? No, I'm just, you mentioned G1. I'm happy somehow I've, I've found my, myself in first place, and I don't know how it's happened. Larson is currently in first place. 
I'm not really. I don't know how it's happened. I don't know. Like Every time I look at the results, I'm like, gosh, I'm gonna lose so much ground, and I end up going up the standings. I don't get. You've it. had a good. Yeah, you know, man, you've had a good week. We notched first at trivia. Yeah. Uh, uh, you actually beat me at basketball for a game. Yeah. And uh, and now you're you're a man alone up there at the top of the G1 standing. So congratulations. Yeah. Got about yeah. a week left too in the G1. So I mean, I still got plenty of opportunities to blow this lead. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's like it's like uh, it's like being first on uh, what do you used to call it? The straightaway. Yeah. In GTA. Yeah. Being first too early. Yeah. Yep. You know, you want to be careful with that. Yeah. If you're but, first too early, you're going to finish up in 12th or something like that. Right. Man, I missed uh, straightaway. that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, you get a, you get access today. You get access to our bonus content. I've been putting some Smash Zone episodes up tonight. Uh, exclusively on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. We'll be doing a stream at 6.30. We're going to watch some old stuff, and uh, we still have to figure out what we're going to call it because we're rebanding from Smash Zone because Smash Zone was a three-person deal, you, me, and the Enforcer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so yeah, be sure to hang out with us tonight. And then, of course, this Saturday, we've got SummerSlam. We're going to be doing our live watch-along of that on both platforms, YouTube and Twitch. We're going to do our live review afterwards, so be sure to check that out as well. Uh, kicked off Dynamite 200. The tunnels are back. Nobody used the Cody Vader. Co and the um, uh, color splash graphics were back. The color splash graphics missed, were back. I missed that the whole presentation. Me too. I like the tunnels. And so in fact, we had unique. Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia coming out of separate tunnels. A good guy tunnel, a bad guy tunnel. Yeah. Uh, taking on Chris Jericho and Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, and uh, the finish of this, it seemed like Jericho. Might have been on the verge of tapping out to Daniel Garcia uh, with the Dragon Tamer. And then the ref got distracted by Takeshita. Uh, and then uh, with Sammy on the floor, Callus comes over and clobbers Daniel Garcia in the head with Floyd. As Jericho sort of looks on like, what are you doing? I'm did not Did he say, why the anymore? F did you do that? He said, what the fuck? Yeah, he oh, totally right. did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and Jericho was pissed off about it. And Callus was like. He's just right there. So Jericho kind of reluctantly goes for the pin, gets the win. Yeah. We get a little bit more of that a little bit later. It's, it's interesting that Jericho, uh, despite feeling maybe betrayed by Callus, still looks out for Chris Jericho and gets the win. You know, at the end of the day, you got to look out for number one. I guess you so. Know? I guess that's so. the deal with that. Cultaholic is rating us with a party of 59. Thank you. Thank Cultaholic. you, Cultaholic. Thank you so we much. appreciate it so much. I did like the spot where Garcia was dancing Jericho's face a bunch, and then he had Jericho down and literally danced over him, like walked yeah, on him dancing. Good. Yeah. I like the dance and stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. It is. After that, Tony Khan has a promo. He says, thanks, everybody, for watching Dynamite. We're celebrating 200 episodes. We're celebrating the road to All In. He says, thank you to all the wrestlers and everybody who works backstage and the staff. Let's take a look at some of those people now. And I thought it would be like a thank you video of not only wrestlers, but people that work backstage. I thought it was going to be like a, hey, let's go to the production truck and see exactly. people doing the thumbs the truck, up. And everybody's yeah. like, hi. Yeah, right. No, it was, it was like a history of Dynamite recap. I didn't notice, with, or I didn't really pay attention to this that much. Was Cody in it? Yeah, there was a couple shots. There's, yeah, there's Cody okay. and Brandy, and then Cody taking the cutter off the ladders from Sammy. There's Cody in it. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. I did notice that then. Okay, all right. Yep. Um, so. Uh, Plenty of he Cody. Didn't mind, he didn't mind the, uh, the whole uh, secondary promotion shot from the Cody documentary. No, no. Anyways. Yeah, Jorge says first person shown was Cody. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. I wonder if Tony misses Cody. 
think Tony misses to be Jordan? By, by everybody, the way everybody talks, all parties it's is a like trick question. Of course he misses. They were, Cody. They were it wasn't silly. like any animosity. Just silliness to think just he would something miss to let Cody, Cody want to leave. Well, Cody said it's a, it was a personal it's issue. It's a personal issue, yeah. Yeah, he was like, personally, uh, I didn't like that Tony Khan wouldn't let me book the show anymore. He said it wasn't creative either. Uh, yeah. He was being coy. He said it wasn't money, it wasn't creative. Yeah. Yeah. He got he got, he got shoved out of creative, man. That's what happened. Uh, anyways, Chris Jericho's walking down the hall. Uh, Renee chased him down. She's like, hey, what's up with what happened? And then Menard runs up to Jericho, and I... <laughs> He was just mumbling a bunch of shit because Renee was like trying to shove the microphone in his face and like I couldn't really hear him. But I guess he said here, according to your notes, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Next week, Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting. You're going to be there. Got it. Jericho's like, I thought he disbanded you people. <laughs> Take not. a hint, nerds. What is it with? That is the thing about AEW, man. They love it. They love when uh, telling stories about friends who just can't take a hint. Get out of here. Nobody wants you guys. I mean, Jericho hasn't, in so many words, said it's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. If he said JAS officially no more, then maybe there'd be an opportunity for closure for, for everybody involved. He hasn't said that yet, though. He's he got to take a hint, man. You know, he's already moved on. But he hasn't because he, when when Callus hit Garcia with the bat, it wasn't like Jericho's like, yes, I get a win, easy win. He was upset about it. He got the win, though. But then, yes. Might not be happy about it, but it's not like he said, oh, no, here, stand up. But again, it's, it's mixed messages from Chris Jericho. Just last week, he was like, oh, how, how's everybody doing? Why is it Menard can call a mandatory meeting? It's Jericho appreciation society, not Menard. Maybe uh, in the bylaws of JAS, anybody, if they have an issue, can call a mandatory meeting. Those are terrible bylaws. Terrible. Imagine I'm if you sorry. and I are running a going in raw appreciation society, and we it was you and I, and then, like, I don't know. Who you know, like Hilton's in it and a couple uh-huh. of you imagine Hilton, he'd be calling mandatory meetings all the time. We can't have that in our bylaws. It's you or me. Well, the first time it happened, we'd have to change the bylaws. <laughs> only only you or I can call a mandatory meeting. <laughs> right, exactly. As soon as Hilton starts trying to pull that shit, it's like no, 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 no. No, because he'd just do it just to spite us. Right, exactly. But like, try okay, to be the middle of something, here? get something done. Why am I mandatory here? meeting? Do it, mandatory meeting. Like we're trying to get something done here. Yeah. Mandatory no, meeting, on. he'd say. Let's watch the A-team. <laughs> After that, Jack Perry comes to the ring for an interview. Uh, he He's on the stage and holds up the FTW title and Taz's general direction. Mm-hmm. Comes to the ring. Shivani's about to ask him a question. Perry just snatches the mic from him and says, Jerry, I gave you a week to get ready for this, so come out here and take this ass-kicking like a man. So Jerry Lynn comes to the stage, says, first of all, jungle. Jungle. You don't run the show around here as much. I'd love to come to the ring and make an example out of you. I won't because there's that would be nothing but child abuse. Second of all, there's not a doctor who would clear me to get in that ring because he said he has like screws and plates in his neck. And shit yeah, because like he was in ECW. I saw him yeah. wrestle there. It was horrible. Yeah. Says, but I did happen to call a good friend of mine who just so happened to be in ECW who still wrestles today. What do you say? And so you hear, da, 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 da. The beginning of walk by Pantera. The crowd goes crazy. It's RVD. He comes to the ring, steps up to Jack Perry. Uh, Jack just holds up the FTW title in his head and slides out of the ring. It's RVD and Jerry Lynn are like saying hi to each other, high-fiving. Jack Perry runs to the ring with a chair and takes a swing at RVD. RVD ducks it and goes for the spin kick into the chair, but Jack Perry evades that and jumps over the barricade and hides behind a child in the crowd. 
Yeah, I like that aspect of him. I think I think he's finding those little things that make it fun to be a bad guy. He is. You know, so if he if he keeps doing that, if he keeps finding those fun things and at some point eventually I'll give a damn about him. Mm. But uh but yeah, it's still early goings. It really is. It really is. After that we had a Karushita Tony Storm video package. She just likes uh, Tony Storm can't stop me from me becoming champion again. Storm's like, you know what? You had a good reign during pandemic, but I'm the greatest AEW women's champ ever. Uh, then we had Trent versus Pentagon versus John Moxley in an anything goes match, which was just exactly as it says. There was it was a lot packs. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good match, a lot of fun, but I wish, again, there's a little more weight from a story perspective. You know, dude, it's like I don't want to be. I'm not trying to be negative here. No, there's like, actually a lot of dynamite I really enjoyed. I, I would have liked it about, more if there was more story. I always think about this, dude. I'm sitting there watching. You know who's in my head? John Felix Anthony Cena. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Yep. Why are they doing this? Are they just going through moves? It's like all this did was motivate another match. Yeah. You know, by the end, like Trent's win meant nothing. And even Chuck said. Well, this didn't resolve anything. Yeah. And this is two weeks after Blood and Guts. We already did the thing with the, it like lessens, you know, I did, people ask, hey, uh, if you do blood a lot, does it lessen the impact? I don't know, maybe. Like, you know, there's a storytelling convention there. Yeah. But like, if you go to the extreme stuff, like two weeks after you just did like the ultimate extreme thing, doesn't it sort of lessen the impact? Like you're watching this and it's like, eh. You know, being power bombed into a uh, thumbtacks. Yeah, not big of a deal. Just saw it, you know? Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And then they're doing the parking lot brawl again on Rampage because they're in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With best friends in Blackpool Combat Club. And I understand it's Jacksonville. They just had Dynamite 200. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, 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 they're celebrating four years of Dynamite, essentially. Yeah, I right. Yeah. It. it makes sense. Yeah. But no, I get the point. This, this too much of, Kind of the same thing in a short span of time. I get it. You like to see there's some cool more stuff. Like it, look, yeah. it's cool stuff. But it's like at a certain point, I'm like, and I'm not saying that the anything goes match felt like a house show match by any means. But uh, you know, like the um, United Empire versus uh, oh Vikingo and Commander. Vic- yeah, right. I'm like, doesn't mean anything. What is this? Well, at least advancing? that was a title match for the Ring of Honor tag titles. This isn't. It's not Ring of Honor, though. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I know it's the same. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's an at least there's, there's stakes involved in that match because it's for the title, <laughs> right? But like from a storyline perspective, I don't know what precipitated this. Is there any build up to it? <laughs> right. Why is the match happening? Yeah. You know, and it's like so. It's like yes, I can look. I can appreciate good wrestling, and the defenders of of AEW will be like, "Well, it's good wrestling," you know, and I can mm-hmm. appreciate good wrestling, yeah. but I get more invested in it. When, like, I understand the why this match is happening. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, again, you know, the, the Anything Goes match, it was really, really cool stuff. Yeah. But it would have been a lot cooler if, like, there was stuff that was really, like, you if know. If there was that, something that, on, at, on the line, if there were stakes to it. Right, exactly. And it doesn't yeah. have to involve titles, just some sort of stakes. I mean, go to, like, you know, another quote-unquote, it's not really extreme because Hell in a Cell is not really an extreme match. It hasn't been since 98. But, um... But, you know, when Cody shows up at Hell in a Cell and he's got the the peck falling off the body, it's like, oh, my God. And he's doing this inside Hell in a Cell, even though Hell in a Cell is really not that big of a deal. Yeah. But it's like that's memorable. That kind of means something. Yeah. 
but it's like you do you do all the stuff with the hardcore stuff and it's like what does it mean you know yeah yeah it's fun existential, it's existential crisis for steve here yeah no i mean I, yeah i get it what does it what does it mean for the participants involved to come out of this match the winning end right exactly what does it yeah. mean for trent evidently and not chuck much. comes out and says nothing it means nothing it means nothing it's not over yet yeah mm-hmm. i mean it, it, it AEW. i feel like is in this weird phase right now where you got the mjf adam cole stuff which is obviously working mm-hmm, that's yeah. really good stuff oh that is really good stuff no but yeah yeah i really like what they're doing with swerve and mogul embassy now with nick wayne and darby allen that video thing last night was amazing Dude, within two weeks, they've turned AR Fox into a guy that I really give a damn about. Yeah. He's been in the company for how long now? You put him with Swerve and, and the chemistry they have and how yep. Swerve is coming off like a million bucks. Yep. No, that's that's really good stuff. And it's all story. It's all story exactly. telling like stuff. When, so when they get to the match, it's going to matter. When AEW focuses on story, mm-hmm. they can't. When they really focus on story. I don't mean just yeah. a story to motivate a match, but when they really focus on stories, like the MJF, Adam Cole stuff, like the Swerve stuff, even going back to the Hangman stuff, CM Punk, MJF, when the focus is story-motivating matches, they can do really good stuff. I know, they can. Absolutely. Some of the most memorable stuff AEW's ever done. Yeah, absolutely. Is story-motivated. Mm-hmm. Just w- would wish we could see that on a more consistent basis. Yeah, right. That needs to be a, that needs to be a consistent thing, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, where were we? Uh, oh yeah, this 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 uh, anything goes. Match. Anything goes. Match. It was a lot of fun. I could name off a bunch of spots, but just go watch it because it was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised Trent got the win here. You figure Mox is in the match. Mox would win. Um, or if not, Mox the Penta. Actually, kind of thought Trent was in this match to eat the pin. No offense to Trent. I think Trent's great. Yeah, no, I, I sort of felt the same way. But you know, once Chuck came out and said this meant nothing, then it's like that's why. Yeah, that, that's why this match happened. Yeah, or yeah. that's why he won the match. Yeah, yeah. So the finish saw Mox hit Pentagon with uh, Paradigm Shift, and then Trent blasts Mox with the Shining Wizard, covers Pentagon to get the win. Then Mox just gets in there and starts choking out Trent. Claudio and Yuta come to the walk towards the ring through the crowd, but they end up getting attacked by Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. They're brawling, make their way towards uh, ringside. Trent hits a splash off the top onto them. Truck a uh, Chuck truck. Chuck then blasts Claudio with a chair, and Orange hits Mox with an orange punch. That's when Chuck grabs the mic and says, this, this seemingly has accomplished nothing. Uh, parking lot brawl on Rampage, us, Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which the first one of those was great between Best Friends and uh, Santana Ortiz. That was a, yeah, it was a heck of a fun match. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, after that, we had an MJF Adam Cole recap, uh, followed by an RVD interview. Renee asked him uh, what brought him to Dynamite. He says, uh, Tony Khan offered me a lot of money. No, I'm joking. He says, uh, well, Renee, I heard Jack running his mouth. He says, does he know that people are listening? Dude, guess what? Next week, I want to challenge you for the FTW title. And after I beat him and I'm the new FTW champ, here's what I'm thinking. I've done this with so many championships in the past. I inflate the value to ridiculous levels, and then I just retire it. I've done it so many times. But it depends on how much fun I have next week. All you got to worry about next week, one-on-one, it's you and this guy, Rob Van Dam. Yep. Yep. So I guess it's happening next week. Yep. Uh, next up, we got uh, MJF Adam Cole segment. Steve, do you want to be MJF or do you want to be Adam Cole, baby? I'll be MJF on this right. one. So he comes out all happy because people are cheering him. He says, it sounds like we got a couple devil worshipers in the house tonight. He says, I'm a little emotional, so please bear with me. I'm going to have a heart-to-heart conversation with everybody in this arena and everybody watching at home. He says, as some of you know, I have something called attention deficit disorder. 
MJF says the crowd starts an ADD chant. He says, I wish, he says, you know, I wish my teachers felt that way because they're being very supportive. He says, and with that disorder comes a litany of other disorders that are linked to it. One I struggled with more than anything is called rejection sensitive disorder. Essentially, my brain is structured differently. I can't regulate rejection based on emotions and behaviors making life difficult for me at times. To be honest, life would have been pretty difficult for me without RSD. There's a lot about my past that you guys don't know. I've been bullied, abused, cheated on, lied to, battered, beaten up. And frankly, a lot of it I blacked out. But there's one thing I still remember to this day. And that was the day, unfortunately, those kids walked up to me with their hands filled to the brim with quarters and threw them at me as hard as they, phys- as, as hard as they physically could. And they called me a slur. He says, to this day, I still wake up in a cold sweat and I can feel the sensation of the quarters hitting my skin. I can hear their laughter. I remember them. I remember saying to myself that day and fully believing that everyone on this planet was an evil scumbag. And if I wanted to survive, I wanted to protect myself. I had to stab everyone in the back before they had the opportunity to stab me. But I'm beginning to realize that there was that that's no way to live. While I was protecting myself, I ended up becoming one of them. I ended up becoming a scumbag. That's easy. Making you people hate me is easy. Getting you people to boo me is easy. What's hard is being vulnerable and being open. That's hard. And I knew with my disorder, if I opened myself up and I was max and you people booed me, it would kill me because it would bring me back to being that five foot nothing ADD riddled guy who had quarters thrown at him. He says, but you know what? I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared anymore. And that's because of each and every single one of you. You taught me that you do care about Max. So they cheer him on. And he says, you've got sympathy for the devil. And you know what? I'm not going to change overnight. I'm still a scumbag. Don't get me wrong. But God damn it, I'm ready to be your scumbag. So the crowd, of course, cheers him on. And he says, but there's one person in particular who taught me to think like this. Uh, a person who taught me that I can trust. A person that taught me I could be vulnerable. Uh, and of course, he's talking about Adam Cole. So he brings out Adam Cole. So Adam Cole comes to the ring and says, Max, you continue to impress me every day, man. And MJF says, I'm pretty darn impressive, aren't I, Tampa? The crowd cheers. So Cole continues says, but seriously, it's not just because you're at such a young age, one of the best pro wrestlers in the world, but it's because of the man you're becoming. I really appreciate you coming out here and sh- sharing your story, having the guts to explain what you've gone through. But I want to make sure that you know that you are not alone. Max, for years, I was a jerk, not only because I thought that's what I needed to do to succeed, but also because I was afraid. Because I was scared, because I didn't understand what being a man really was. And Max, you're becoming the man you were meant to be. Max, these people love you. They adore you. They want to cheer for you. And that's not just because you're one of the best damn pro wrestlers on the planet. It's because they know deep down in your heart, deep down in your soul, there's a good guy in there. So Max, I want to make sure that you know this. Not only am I incredibly proud of you, but we are incredibly proud of you. So MJF says, you know, as much as I listen, enjoy listening to you perform verbal fellatio on me, and people are laughing, he's like, I'm still a scumbag, guys, I just said it. He says, I especially love the fact that you're wearing our brand new shirt available right now. He says, I called you out here, though, because I made a promise that after our FTR match, I'd give you a shot at the Triple B. He says, and I've been t- thinking long and hard on it, and I've come to the conclusion, you don't deserve a match. And so everybody's like, what, what? And Adam Cole's like, what? So he goes and he grabs a folio from somebody ringside. He says, you don't deserve a match. You deserve the match in front of the most historic crowd in the history of our sport on the most historic night in the history of our sport in the main event of Wembley, all in. There's no one I would want to make history with more than you, so please sign it. So he hands him the folio. Cole takes out a pen, signs a contract. 
Crowd's chanting, read it. Cole says, Max, I love you, man. And MJF says, I love you too. They hug. They pose in the corners. They fist bump backstage. It shows Roddy and he is oh, blowing up. He is fit. throwing a fit. He's like, ah! he's got the, he still has the neck brace on. Yeah. And uh, Bennett and Taven step in and they're like, Adam Cole, always forgetting about his real friends. And then they pat Strong on the shoulder. And then they leave. I thought the promo from MJF was absolutely great. Whenever it you dive fantastic. into like the realities of mental health stuff, of abuse, of being bullied, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal because it's real stuff. It is real and, stuff. And whether well, I mean whether or not the actual person, you know, MJF actually suffered from that stuff is one thing. But like to incorporate it into a character, I thought was really really strong. And mm-hmm. uh, it just goes to show the dude is one of the best promos really in the business. He really is. It really is. And it is, I, I really appreciated how he comes out there and talks about being vulnerable and open. Um, that's just not stuff we hear from wrestling promos so much. So, so, so far too often it's, you know, big muscly dudes coming out being as macho as possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's pro wrestling. I understand it. But, you know, both him and Adam Cole talking about, you know, uh, MJF talking about, you know, dealing with ADD, ADD Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 being comfortable, being vulnerable, and open with fans. With Adam, I know storyline with Adam Cole, but still, mm-hmm. and Adam yeah. Cole saying, "Yes, I've I've been there before too. Yeah. I was scared. I was scared to be me because yeah. I did. I thought if I was me, I wouldn't be able to succeed. Yeah, and it's just such a, a refreshing tack to take mm-hmm. with a pro wrestling storyline. I know it's going to end up in Adam Cole stabbing MJF in the back, but still, <laughs> yeah, right. It's right. nice to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I thought it was great, man. I thought it was really good. It is. It, um, was. it was fantastic. After that, we had the Elite versus the trio of Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. This was a lot of fun. This I was really fun. love this. Jeff Jarrett's freaking great, dude. Uh, so anyways, uh, at a certain point, uh, Jarrett is – so the Hardys get involved. Uh, because so let's see here. So Singh they, looks there's a spot, slam. I guess, in the uh, the the battle royal on Rampage yeah. that led to the yeah. Hardys getting involved. Right, exactly. So uh, let's see here. So after all that, after the Hardys get involved, Jarrett looks to hit Kenny with the guitar. Uh, Kenny Omega ducks it. Hangman then comes in out of nowhere because the ref is out. Hits Double J with a buckshot. Kenny hits uh, a one winged angel on Jay Lethal to get the win. Kenny grabs the mic. He says, "We've got some important news in case you haven't read the internet's." Uh, hanger, what's on your mind, buddy? Tell him. So he gives the mic over to Adam Page. He says, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been a big announcement today. The Elite have re-signed with AEW. So tonight, Dynamite 200, we're happy to be uh, uh, here. And here's to the next 200. And then Kenny says, we're going to be on Dynamite, Ring of Honor, Rampage, heck, even Collision. You're going to be seeing more of us. End promo. Yeah. End promo. That bit where uh, Satnam Singh texts and and Matt Jackson's like, All right, I don't want to tag out, and Kenny and Nick get out of the, off the turnbuckle or out of the mm-hmm. corner on the apron to walk to the floor. That was pretty damn funny. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, there was some yeah. fun stuff. Uh, next up, this this was fantastic. So we got Swerve, Ar Fox, and Prince Nando dropping a promo, and Swerve says, "You need an explanation of why Ar Fox did what he did, to Darby Allen and Nick Wayne." Ar Fox, the floor is floor is yours. So Fox says, "Darby, you said without Ar Fox, there might not be a Darby Allen." We were so close. Why didn't you call me and say thank you when you got signed to AEW? You didn't say a word to me for five years until I saw you backstage here. Well, I'm here now. I'm going to take away everything that I gave you. And then Prince Nana adds, and get it back 
in blood, my friends. And Swerve says, I'm not going to lie to your face and say we're family, but when you're in the Mogul Embassy, you're an affiliate. We take care of ours. Just like casting you in one of the movies I just made. Roll the footage, y'all. <laughs> and so there's footage outside the Buddy Wayne Academy, Wrestling Academy yeah, in Seattle, I guess. Yeah. So you have Prince Nana manning the camera, and you have Swerve and A.R. Fox making the way into the academy. Mm-hmm. They open yeah. the door, and Nick Wayne's teaching a couple students, and Swerve says, what's up, turds? <laughs> what's Massive up, pop. Turds? Anytime anyone yeah. uses the word turd, I'll pop. Turd is it's such a great phrase. It's yeah. a fantastic word. So uh, Swerve and A.R. Fox end up beating the shit out of the students, and Nick mm-hmm. Wayne, uh, Swerve gets a picture, a framed picture of, of Nick and his dad. Yeah. You know, framed with glass on on the front of it, bashes it over Nick Wayne's head. Glass everywhere. Nick Wayne's pouring out blood. Oh man! And so Swerve much, gets yeah. the picture and goes, "Oh, look at this! I'm gonna put this picture down where you found out that your dad wasn't with us anymore." Yeesh. And so they, ouch! And I know. Nick Wayne starts reaching for his phone. He's like, "Oh, who are you gonna call? You can call Darby, yeah. aren't you?" Yeah. So they have Nick Wayne unlock his phone, call Darby. <laughs> Ar Fox puts up a glass shard to his. Oh neck. yeah, he gets a huge shard of glass and holds it to his throat. So unlock the phone. Oh my gosh. I wish there was more of it because like the first time I saw it, I didn't really notice it. But I watched it again like, oh shit, he got a huge shard of glass and held it right to his throat. Yeah, yeah. And so he calls Darby and Swerve says to him, Darby, why don't you call A.R. Fox when you came to AEW? He says, we're the ghosts of your past and we're going to haunt you. This is just the beginning. Mogul Embassy forever. I don't know if there's any, definitely I don't know if there's anybody in AEW. I don't know about the world of wrestling outside of maybe Roman Reigns who does menacing as well as Swerve. I know. And I'm so glad that they're like, giving, like it's dude, it's clear that like they're giving him and maybe, maybe it's just him saying, hey, you know, I have ideas and I want to do these and they're letting him do them. But, you know, when you look at, for example, and this is just a thing to juxtapose. But like Jungle Boy, when he did the cheesy thing on the iPhone where he was like burying his you know doppelganger. That was not well filmed. This was really well filmed. It like was. this was this actually looked really good. Um, it was blocked really well. It was lit really well. It looked cinematic. It mm-hmm. was awesome. And it's like this is the kind of stuff, man, that you know really going to get over. A lot of it though too is the quality of the performances. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 Swerve knows his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A thousand percent. Swerve yeah. knows who this character is, and he knows how to portray yeah. that character. And, and it's, yeah. it's been, been impressive to see A.R. Fox adapt to this new character so quickly. Because mm-hmm. when he was doing his promo with Swerve, he's like, "Oh, he knows. He knows who this character is already." Yeah, yeah. And he's in there, and he, and he, you know, I, I wonder if him picking up that shard of glass was something they talked about in advance, or it's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this." It's something he yeah. thought of on the spot, and man, it added yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would think that that's something they were like. Um, so, how are we going to convince him to open his phone? <laughs> There's a bunch of glass around. Yeah. Oh man, but uh, yeah, no. I, I thought it was really good, and you know, my I guess my only thing is it also illustrates, um, and not to go, you know, after, you know, being so positive about something. Whenever they introduce somebody new. Like an AR Fox, who's been with the company now for a little while. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been that long, but it's been a little while. Um, you got to give him something to work with. Because otherwise, he's going to be there for a couple months until Swerve, you know, picks him up and says, hey, let's give you a character. You know what I mean? Because immediately last night, in the two promos that he had and the two things that he did, it was like, oh, my God, this was just sitting there the whole time. And it's like, you can get that out of a lot more people yeah. if you give them the opportunity to do so. Definitely. Oh, definitely. 
definitely. Yeah. Uh, after that, another really fun match, but why? Uh, Aussie Open. I guess it's a title match, but I don't know what Commander and Vikingo have done. Like, if they won matches on Ring of Honor, I guess I need to watch Ring of Honor. Maybe I wouldn't be asking these questions. Aussie Open versus Commander in El Hijo del Vikingo. Well, dude, Wildly it's, it's, fun match. It's no different. It's the same thing. It's like, I don't know if they all of a sudden it's like, you know, I watch, I, I keep up with NXT, yeah. right? Yeah. But if I didn't, which plenty of people who watch SmackDown and Raw don't watch NXT yeah. because we know that because of the ratings. It's like if they all of a sudden busted out with um, Tony D and Stax versus uh, Briggs and Jensen on a random episode of Raw, that's kind of what it's like because it's like if there's no context there, it's like, oh, this is NXT. Okay, so why would anybody care about it? Beyond, look, phenomenal stuff in this match. Vikingo, yeah. whenever he's in the ring, it's like, holy shit, how did he do that? Yeah. But he just add a lot more. You add a lot more when, you know, you know why they're doing this stuff. Exactly, exactly. Uh, in the end, uh, Fletcher drives Vikingo into the barricade. There's a lot of really good stuff in this match. Um, mm -hmm. Commander's looking for the rope walk shooting star press, misses that, so Aussie Open hits him with, like, the sandwich clotheslines and Coriolis, their finisher, to get the win. Coriolis, what a great name. Coriolis. Uh, after that, we had a video package from Collision, which apparently did pretty good in the ratings this week. It's over 700,000, I believe. Good to see, yeah. I thought it was a strong episode of Collision. Yeah. Uh, and then we had uh, the main event, Ikaru Shida versus Tony Storm for the uh, AEW World Women's Championship, Women's World Championship. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we said, really good stuff uh, at a certain point. Uh, so uh, uh, Soraya introduced a kendo stick into the ring and the ref was like, Whoa, what is this? And Sheeta picks it up and, uh, Tony storm gets down. And she's like, come on, blast me because she knows what's going to happen with mm -hmm. that. So instead, uh, Sheeta, uh, just, uh, just takes, takes it to Ruby and, and Soraya yeah. who are on the apron. And then, uh, with that distraction there, storm spray paints Sheeta in the face and then follows with a storm zero. And the crowd was basically like, Oh, this is done with. Mm -hmm. And then Sheeta kicks out and they were like, Holy shit. Uh, and then Storm tries to go for another Storm Zero. Sheeta reverses that into a backdrop. Storm reverses that into a roll-up attempt, but Sheeta counters that with a roll-up for her own. And the win. And see how long she held that that uh, that pin there, the roll-up pin? It was yeah. like a good two seconds after the three-count, yeah. and she wins the title. So an awesome moment there for Sheeta. Again, would have been great if there was some story to go along with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They had the confetti ready and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, a real celebratory moment. It's awesome for Hikaru Shida. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully she good. gets a good lengthy reign in front of fans this time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to answer some questions, Steve? Let's answer some questions. Let's see here. Uh, Edward Munoz has a question here. Is the lack of build for all-in Wembley due to confidence or incompetence? Been a hot-button topic recently. Oh, man, I don't know. Like, confidence or, or incompetence? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's confidence. It's it's like, hey, we know we've got a stat card. We know people are going to like what we put on, yeah, because we built that trust at least when it comes to matches. Um, but yeah, it would be nice if there was more like stories heading into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you yeah. know. But but then again, you know, I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't care. I just want matches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a hard one to answer, man. I, I don't know. Forbes says, uh, after the Elite re-signing, do you see Max doing the same? 
Or do you think there's a legitimate chance he makes a run at WWE? If he hasn't already re-signed, I think he's going to wait until he sees what he can get on the open market. Yeah. Yep. And then we'll find out. Yep. If he didn't sign an extension when uh, Tony Khan gave him a raise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Foster says, if you, uh, if one of you was eventually going to betray or betray, if one of you was eventually going to be betrayed or betray someone, would the other say anything about it or just let it happen? Like if Steve was friends with Jeff Jarrett and Larson was friends with Samoa Joe. Like, if you were going to betray Jeff Jarrett, would mm. I say something to Jeff Jarrett about it? Or would you say, read the question again? If one of you was eventually going to be betrayed or betray someone, would the other say anything about it? Like, I, if I, if I gonna... knew you were going to betray Jeff Jarrett, would I say something to Jeff Jarrett? No, that's not my business. Yeah, right. But you really like Jeff Jarrett. I do, but you're my best friend, so that's, okay. more, that's between you and Jeff Jarrett. Well, I appreciate that. If I'm going to be betrayed, if your best friend is going to be betrayed, would you give me a clue? Would you be like, yeah, I'd be like, okay. yeah, watch, watch out for double J. Okay. So the Keep level of relationship sort of, you know, yeah, that takes precedent. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. Yeah. If Samoa Joe was going to betray you, I mean, I'd probably be like, man, don't you tell anybody this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to end up in a muscle buster situation. Yeah. yeah. But you're about to get fucked. Okay. Don't turn your back. And if I was uh, going to betray Samoa Joe, I'd hope you'd say to me, don't do that because you're going to get destroyed by Samoa I'd Joe. I'd be like, are you an idiot? I mean, the answer to that is yes, but. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, DJ Mott says, is there any possibility of AEW being able to compete head-to-head with at least one of WWE's brands by the end of the Elite's new contract? No. No, foolhardy endeavor. Don't do that. Don't well, do they that. can beat NXT. They did yeah. it already. <laughs> yeah, but Braun SmackDown, no, don't do that. Don't By do the that. end of the contract, four years from now, no. No. four years from now, let's say no. Dynamite is averaging 1.2 million and Raw is down to 1.5 million. No, you still don't do it. That's 300,000, man. That would be still the brand name of professional wrestling. If people are gonna have to choose to watch one live, they'll probably end up watching WWE. This is what you do. This is what you do. Nobody cares about Rampage. You put Rampage on against Raw. Oh, there you go. Uh, Cruz here says, if you uh, if you could have a wrestling theme song play every time you enter a room, what song would you pick? Oh, wow. It would be the DX theme, but cut out the intro. So as soon as I open the doors, break it down. You're just sitting doing this stuff, yeah. You do that, the UFC fighter, drop your pants, your just underwear's on, and you start doing that. Um, yeah, you know, or would my, you do my, Stone Colds? Would you use Stone Colds? So right when you open the door, glass breaks. I mean, that is, the, that is the best answer. But, like, after listening to Pantera last night, I'm thinking, like, ECW's theme song. Oh, yeah. It's extreme. Championship. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling. Steve. Uh, let's see here. Jonathan Vieira says, do you see AEW doing any kinds of content like the Marine table for three or the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior? I could see him doing like a documentary on like, uh, I don't know, like the beginnings of the company or something like that. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. I mean, that's, that's a a wide variety of content there. You Mm -hmm. have a, uh, you know, theatrically released movie with the Marine. Mm-hmm, yeah. You have the sit down interview and then you have what the the 90 minute 
a hit piece on a mm-hmm. former wrestler. I mean, yeah, they could do like, you know, the rise and fall of Cody Rhodes. They could. They're like, totally nobody's could. ever heard from him after he left AEW. Nobody. Nobody. Um, Chris Stanton asks, if you had to cut one show to review each week, which show would it be? If we had to cut one show to review every week. So we only really do Raw, SmackDown, Collision, and Dynamite. So. Not SmackDown. SmackDown stays. Well, here. I mean, by virtue of the fact that it's three hours long. Raw, I was going to say. But then we'd miss out on Judgment Day stuff. But I was going to say is, if you rephrase the question, if you had to cut one show to watch each week, easy, Raw. We got Chris taking the notes for us. We could still review Raw, just not watch it. So we would just like watch like YouTube clips or something like that? Whatever. I mean, not watch Just read the, read the notes. We would just, just read, the, read the, notes. the notes. Verbatim. We, it would be so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so confusing. Um, you're like, oh, wow, this sounds cool. <laughs> well, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it'd, it'd, it'd be the one that's the least watched, which is Collision. Mm-hmm. That's what it would be, you know. Yep. This is something we didn't touch on when we talked about MJF and Adam Cole. Jack Napier says, the way the story is going definitely feels like Cole will turn to MJF. But do you think MJF will actually go babyface or will he use betrayal to double down on being the, a, a heel? That's what it should be. That's absolutely what it should be. Like, yeah. Cole should win. MJF should disappear Yeah. for like a couple months or something. And then uh, and then comes back as just like the most vile. Like, you think he was bad before, but at mm-hmm. least he had a little bit of charm when he was a bad guy before. But now that's all gone. Mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. nothing but toxicity and poison, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mason. Mason says, MJF main event announced for London. Who do you think CM Punk will main event against in Chicago? Do you think they're going to do, like... The world title's going to main event because it's like what two a weeks week. out or one week? No, it's a one week. week. Yeah, it's, it's one, one week. week. Yeah. So are they they're going to do like the real world's championship at all out and the main title at all in? That's probably going to be what they're going to do, huh? Maybe, maybe. I don't think. Yeah, because well, why do unification in uh, in Chicago yeah. when you could just have Punk's title main event there? I can't imagine Punk not wrestling it all out though, and and MJF not wrestling it. Sorry, can't imagine Punk oh, the, not wrestling it all in yeah. and MJF wrestling it all out. You know what I mean? If Cole, okay, but here's the thing though: if Cole turns on MJF, yeah, I yeah. could see that. I mean, yeah, dude, it's true. a week apart. It's basically like a Mania night one, night two. If they approach yeah, it, just, it in yeah. that way, yeah. yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. It's like all out. It's your big thing, but like, you know, yeah, as MJF long as you put Punk and all out, yeah, you can get rid of everybody. I'd be, I'd still be pretty surprised if Punk didn't have some role at all in. I mean, he mentioned Wembley. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, he's plus Delta there, yeah. company. He's got to have uh, at least a tag match I mean, all in. Yeah, like him and FTR against, I don't know. But if it's FTR against the Young Bucks, maybe they'll do FT- CMFTR versus the Elite all in. Imagine that. You think they're actively negotiating that right now? Could be. Could be. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Um, 
Andrew Connolly says, do you think Triple H saying that AEW is a secondary company is better than calling it a piss-hat company? Yeah. Saying they're number two. <laughs> That's a huge upgrade. A second, yeah, going from a piss-ant company to a secondary company. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better. No, that's, that's better. I'd rather be, you know, hey, Steve's a secondary human being as opposed to a pissant human being. I guess that's be- that's better. It is better. <laughs> it is better. Oh man, uh, he's so Mo- condescending when he said it too. A secondary company, a secondary oh, promotion. He was super condescending when he said that pissant company you work for. Yeah. Uh, Moses supposes says with a tease of a dream match between Omega and Jarrett. That's what I want Kenny to do it all in. Mm-hmm, yeah. What other Jarrett dream matches are there in AEW? What a great! Have you watched the Bash of the Beach Dark Side yet? No, I need to. I'm so hard to check it out. Yeah, sides. yeah, I want to. I hear he puts Hogan on blast pretty hardcore. Oh yeah, yeah. Double J just great. unloads on Hogan. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Gosh, who else do you want? To see? I mean, who, who, who do we not want to see? Double J Russell mm-hmm. in AEW. I mean, dude, at this point, you know, you do the real world's champion CM Punk against Double J, and you give Double J the title. Have him run exactly. Andy Great. Mm-hmm. Ain't he great? Yeah, Ain't absolutely. Great. Yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll join us tonight. Oh, we had some channel members. Jay Butler just oh, we did. became a new channel member. We had a, uh, man, I'm sorry, I forgot about these super chats from uh, Living Man Dog says, uh, Which AEW wrestler has the intensity to be in a Slim Jim commercial like Macho Man? <laughs> Could you imagine Swerve pushing Slim Jims? It'd be terrifying. That would be terrifying. Uh, AR um, Fox with a glass of sh- uh, shard of glass. Cuts the Slim Jim in half. Yeah, so eat the Slim Jim. It could be shared. Uh, Ricky Wright here with membership. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We appreciate Another it. Another one, two, somewhere down here. I got to scroll down. There was one that just. Oh, one. Jay Butler. Did you get that one already? Yeah, I got the Jay Butler one. All right. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for us now. Uh, what is tomorrow? So nothing going on tomorrow. No. Um, and then Saturday on, we'll see y'all for SummerSlam. And then Saturday we'll see you guys for SummerSlam. So we'll see you then. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. 
inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.